Hello, everybody. Welcome back into your latest episode of Locked on Colts, part of Locked on Podcast Network. Today's always your host, Evan Sider. I'm joined by Stephen Reed of Stampede Blue today as we're reacting to the Colts finally inking the extension for center, Ryan Kelly, four years, $50 million, $12 million annually with $34 million guaranteed per Adam Schefter of ESPN. And the Colts obviously confirm that later on, Stephen. That makes Ryan Kelly the highest paid center in the NFL and obviously in NFL history too, which goes to show you just how valuable the Colts see Ryan Kelly and their long-term plans as well, still in the prime of his career. Stephen, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Evan. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Let me get your thoughts. I mean, this Ryan Kelly news isn't surprising. We all expect this to eventually happen before the season started, and they went right down to the wire, so to say. I think the deadline was Sunday, and they got it done here on Thursday afternoon. What was your reaction to seeing Kelly getting this deal and the amount of money it was, four years, $50 million? I think it was well-deserved for both parties, even though maybe some will say Kelly's a little bit banged up here and there. But I think last year he proved that when he stayed fully healthy, he's a dominant center. Yeah, I agree. I think this was a best case scenario for both both the Colts and for Ryan Kelly. It's always good to have that contract done heading into the season. He's got that $50 million, 12 and a half annually um, for, on that extension. And so he's been such a glue guy for that offensive line that it really made sense for the Colts to go ahead and lock this down so they don't have to go into the season not knowing. Um, and, and not really being able to work it out. If he has another great year, that price tag just goes up. And he's already getting paid as the highest center in the league, and deservedly so. Um, he had, what, one sack last year and, and 21 total QB pressures um, over the course of the season. So he's really the – I think it was Frank Reich that really called him the alpha dog in that offensive line group, that, that he really took control and ever since he was drafted, like that's kind of what you saw. But those first couple of years were, were marred with injuries. And this past year, when he finally got to play all 16 games and put it all together, you really saw just how dominant that he can be. And pairing him with Quentin Nelson long term, it's going to be like the middle of the Colts offensive line is going to be set. And in today's NFL, that's the biggest concern a lot of quarterbacks have is that pressure in their face. So it's going to ease a lot of tension, a lot of stress potentially for, for any quarterback the Colts have back there to have Ryan Kelly up there solidifying that middle with Quentin Nelson. So it's going to take some of that stress, some of that pressure off of them, and it's going to give them more of an opportunity to play. I think Kelly, too, just from what we've seen the last couple of years and even in the early parts of his career, obviously I think injuries, a little nicks and bruises here and there, missing a couple of weeks, I think some neck issues, concussion issues in the first part of his career as well for Kelly when he first entered in 2016. Obviously, the Colts' first-round pick. The final first-round draft pick of Ryan Grigson's career as the Colts game for Chris Brown step in the next year. I think for Kelly, we've seen throughout his career, though, Stephen, that not whether it be the running game or the passing game, Kelly's pretty above average to elite in each one of those categories. Yeah, he is, is one of the most well-rounded centers in the league. And at, at his age, uh, he's he's a great value for the Colts. Um, he's now just entering his prime. He's now got a full season healthy under his belt. He's finally got a full off season going into it healthy uh, to really kind of refine his craft versus trying to rehab injuries and things like that. And so, yeah, I, I think that this is just a, a great situation uh, for the Colts and for Ryan Kelly. Yeah, and with Kelly, too, we've seen also just how valuable he is off the field as well, being the leader of that offensive line in their meeting room. As Frank Reichs put it, he needed an alpha dog at the center position, and Ryan Kelly's certainly been that, being a team leader in the locker room as well. 
moving forward here, Stephen, I think this contract, when we see how the way that teams are nowadays, Ryan Kelly probably be the highest paid center for a year or two or so. And then we'll probably see in three or four years that contract will probably be a bargain if Kelly stays healthy, right? Yeah, well, and if Kelly still is healthy and also – as we know that the salary cap next year is going to be a little bit off because uh, of COVID-19 and, and the restrictions on, on stadiums and attendance. But once that salary cap starts to pop up with the new TV deals, that contract is going to seem like a bargain regardless um, because he is going to be one of the highest paid centers. You're going to see an inflation with different offensive linemen. Just you're starting to do percentages of cap and you're going, all right, well, this isn't so bad uh, when you've got, a, an elite offensive line and you can keep it together, you can do a whole lot of things uh, to where, and, and having a great offensive line helps cover flaws in the quarterback. Uh, it helped cover Jacoby Brissett's flaws last year, and it's going to accentuate the things that, that Philip Rivers does well this year. And so I'm really excited for it. I think that it's just a, a fantastic deal. This season of football in your time with NFL game pass, you can catch every snap from every game, full game replays, and see all the plays in just 45 minutes of condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from, from every game, every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, and all in one place with NFL Game Pass. It's the only place you're going to replay every game all season long, Colts fans. You also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go into the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. When you see the interior of this offensive line, like you mentioned, Stephen, you have Quentin Nelson on the left side, Mark Lewinsky on the right side, and of course Ryan Kelly at center. Glow is inconsistent, you can say, at some points. Obviously, Quentin Nelson is a generational talent on a Hall of Fame path already entering in the year three with Kelly as well, the highest-paid center, and probably, I would say, a top-five center in the NFL, too. How would you grade the interior of this offensive line, factoring in Glowinski and Nelson? I think, as a whole, it's one of the, the top in the league um, for the simple fact that um, Kelly and Nelson – are Nelson's the top left guard in the league. I don't have any problem saying that. Um, and then Ryan Kelly is the top three, top five center in the league. And again, don't have a real problem saying that. Glowinski is, is the weak spot. We've said that for, I don't know, all of last year um, going into it. Uh, but those two combined really kind of help, help solidify the Colts is at least a top three interior unit. Uh, at the offensive line, if not the top interior unit. And so I, I think going forward, the future is really bright. As long as everybody can stay healthy, the, the Colts have just a dominant force in the middle. Yeah, and it's fair to say with Quinn Nelson on your offensive line in the interior there, you're going to be top three either way just with him on board there just because he's just such a dominant force. He's the Aaron Donald, so to say, of offensive linemen in my opinion. But looking at this offensive line as a whole for a second, Stephen, we had Anthony Costanzo sign his contract, a two-year deal, $16.5 million annually through the 2021 season next year. We also have Braden Smith, who's going to be due for a contract extension. I imagine they will get done this next offseason as well, probably be a top five, top three paid right tackle in the NFL at that point if all goes well for him. This, this offensive line is going to be expensive here pretty fast, Stephen, but the investment is worth it compared to the, the previous regime at Ryan Grixon where I was just stockpiling just like below average assets, spending late round flyers on guys, Hugh Thorntons. You saw just players like that. that and the Gosser Sherrill is the free agents that didn't work out either. It just seems like Boward 
invested the offensive line right away, and he got this one right. And with Ryan Kelly, of course, the final Grixon pick, he's really developed and matured well under the Ballard era, too. Just the way that everything else coalescing around Ryan Kelly, Stephen, Chris Ballard is looking back on this now with signing this Kelly deal. It's turned out almost perfectly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that the offensive line going forward, yeah, you've got Anthony Costanzo for two years, but it gives you some time to to find his replacement. And Braden Smith is a top 10 right tackle. Um, and and he's, he's still relatively new to the position. He's only played right tackle for a year and a half. Um, and so he's still growing to that position. And you're seeing just how well he's played thus far. Ryan Kelly, like we've, we've talked about the whole point of this, this one today is, is how good he is and how much, how well deserved this contract was for him. And Quentin Nelson's, Quentin Nelson's a future hall of famer. And so, yeah, as a whole, this offensive line, it, like I said before, um, said a little bit earlier, one of the big things with having a good offensive line is it covers up a lot of holes that your quarterback might have in their game. Um, it's what New England did with Tom Brady for the longest time until Tom Brady really became Tom Brady is they had a good offensive line. They, it's like, you know, all the different teams that go to the Super Bowl with game manager quarterbacks, you have a great offensive line and you can carry that quarterback. And, and that's what the Colts really, Chris Ballard has focused on the trenches and he said it from day one that that was going to be his focus. And that's exactly what he's done. So Chris Ballard, you know, man of his word, he, he tells you what he's going to do and he does it. Yeah, and it really goes to show just the way that Ballard's run the ship so far in Indianapolis that he's doing it perfectly right. I mean, hitting on multiple draft picks, he built the trenches up on both sides, getting the crown jewel on the defensive side and defensive line with DeForest Buckner this past offseason via trade. Uh, and it's going to pay off huge dividends for them. Of course, Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith in the 2018 draft. Ryan Kelly has been the mainstay there since 2016 alongside Anthony Costanzo, who was a Bill Polian draft pick all the way back, way back when. And he's been an underrated left tackle in the NFL as well. When you see this overall five-man unit, Stephen, closing out the show, the last few questions I had for you, I think with Bill Burbers, let's get back to him for a second because for the Colts to do well this year, I think this offensive line has to bounce back to where it was in 2018. I think in 2019 they were still elite, but I think they maybe dropped off just a, a hair or two just because Jacoby Bursette was their quarterback, held the ball a little bit too long. We had just a little bit of leaks here and there. But I think this year, Stephen, is it fair to say that this Colts offensive line could be in tune for maybe even a better year than we saw in 2018 when they had 18 sacks allowed. Because this, that team, that offensive line, that five-man unit back then, was just now getting gelling together mid-season of 2018. Could this be a magical year for this offensive line where we could see 18 or less sacks again? I, I think so. Uh, and and for a, a couple of reasons. In 2018, what they had was they, had, they finally had Braden Smith in, what, five, six games into the season. They put him in at New England. And that's when he took over the right tackle spot and never looked back. Glowinski, I think, came midway through the season in there at the right guard spot and, and really kind of solidified his his place. And then the offensive line played really well. Um, the other thing is Andrew Luck was notoriously bad at hanging on to the ball um, because he wanted to make the play. Um, and he was phenomenal and was magical and and everything that you wanted a franchise quarterback to be, but he, he held on the ball too long. That was one of the, his big faults. Jacoby Brissett is like Andrew Luck holding the ball times 20 because he just didn't, he would pat, 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 didn't want to throw the ball. Um, 
And so Philip Rivers is the exact opposite of that. So you've got a couple of factors here that are playing in. You've got an offensive line that now has had their third year in the system and third year together as a group. And you've got Philip Rivers, a quarterback that has familiarity with Frank Reich's system and knows where he's going to go and goes. He's got a quick release. It's not going to be what, what Colts fans have seen for the past two years in that the quarterback's going to hold the ball like a statue back there, sometimes maybe roll out a little bit here or there. That ball is going to be out of Phillip Rivers' hands. So it's going to play a huge difference in, in terms of how fast the offense plays and how little sacks they're likely to give up. Yeah, and this offensive line, too, from the running game standpoint, Stephen, I think even more so in the passing game, we see at some points how dominant they are in the running game. Jacksonville last year, Kansas City, the Houston playoff game in 2018-2019. I think this this unit here with Jonathan Taylor, with Marlon Mack, with Naeem Hines as well as their scat back, this could be a team that, is it fair to say they were up there already last year and rushing a yards per game? This could be a year where Phil Burr's at quarterback. It's going to be pick your poison, so to say, for defenses. This could be a year for them where they could be top three, maybe number one in rushing yards per game this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I, 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 yeah they, they have the opportunity to if that's what they want to do. Um, and I think you're spot on in saying that it's a pick your poison kind of situation because they've got the weapons on the outside now with T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman, Zach Pascal, whoever the wide receiver five or wide receiver six is, plus tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. Or you've got the best offense, one of the best offensive lines in football with two fantastic running backs that fit this scheme in Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. And so really, defenses aren't going to be able to just focus on one or the other because Philip Rivers is going to realize that pre-snap and he's going to switch to the right play. And so there's going to be a lot of games trying to be played by defenses to try to confuse Philip Rivers. But ultimately, if he can figure out what the defense is doing, the Colts are going to be having, they should have in a top five offense um, in the league this year. And I don't think that that's, that's out of the realm of possibility. And I just – I have such faith in this team and with this this coaching staff and with this roster and, and what Chris Ballard's put together. I think that really this guy's the limit for this these guys. Last one for you, Stephen. I imagine we both know the answer for this one, but do you imagine any more extensions happening between now and Sunday when I believe the extension deadline is going to be for this NFL and especially for the Colts? I mean, we have T.Y. Hilton, we have Anthony Walker, Marlon Mack. I don't personally see any extensions happening. I think it's going to be a wait and see for the rest of the guys, but what about you? Yeah, I don't see anybody else getting any kind of extension right now. Ryan Kelly was the big one. Um, Anthony Costanzo in the offseason was a big one. Um, And so in terms of the rest of the guys, I just, I don't see anybody getting extended um, prior to Sunday. Steven, appreciate the time as always talking with you, man. You guys can go follow him on Twitter if you're not already at Nice Read Steven. Go to Stampede Blue and listen to his own podcast and read his work over there as well. Steven, appreciate the time. Thanks, Evan.